Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creators. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ms. Brooke Deneau. Hi, Brooke. Hello, Vincent, and hello to you, the listeners. Hello, listeners. We We're love you. back and better than ever, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's been, it's been a week. A week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, how, um, how was your week? Oh, my God. I'm so tired. Yeah. I ran myself into the ground this weekend. I really T- did. Tell us all about it. Um, so I, I think I mentioned it last week, but maybe I didn't, that I kind of hooked up with a, well, not hooked up with, because this is, <laughs> that's a very different conversation. This is, no. this is a family show. Yeah, no. Um, I have um, formed a somewhat um, new business partnership with an event planner <laughs> who specializes in weddings. Um, she's not really a wedding planner, because she does so much more than that, but she's an um, event planner. And holy crap, am I doing a lot for this woman? And I'm not complaining. I, I sh- I'm getting paid for all of it. So, you know, and you, everyone that listens to this show knows I'm all about getting paid for the work that I do. Mm-hmm. But wow, is it very different working at, with a wedding planner? Like their well, last minute, last like, minute thing doesn't exist. It just doesn't, doesn't exist. You just have to make it happen. Um, I don't know if you can relate with this particular one, but whenever I've worked with like event designers or wedding planners and things like that. This isn't me even like throwing shade, but oftentimes they have the vision in mind, but they don't necessarily, they don't even really care how you need to make something go together. So like so many times I'll get design files and things from people where they're like, yeah, this will make a box. And I'm like, no, no, it won't. not really. Well, <laughs> That's okay. I'll fix it. I love this woman. She's a, she's like a real go-getter, but the problem is she knows nothing about technology. So I'll give you a good example. Right, so today, like, as we record this, it's Monday the 18th of july the it's a three-part wedding so it's an american wedding which was yesterday there is a hindu um sangeet which is um, a celebration pre-wedding which is wednesday Mm -hmm. the day this drops and then the um the hindu wedding is friday right i'm still making things for the for both parts for the sangeet and for the actual wedding yeah it's kind of it's like a fast-paced it doesn't we've, stop. We've done table numbers for weddings before. I've done big installations and things like that or worked partially on them. Yep. And it's just like, it's a different ball game. It really is. And I can I can hang, but at some point, the incoming stuff has to stop. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's like, I can deal. I can, I'm very organized. Like my, if, if I hadn't gotten a whole bunch of new stuff today, everything I was supposed to deliver would be in her hands tomorrow night, yeah. a day well, before yeah. anything. Now it's like, you just handed me a bunch of stuff. Some of this ain't going to well, be done till like Thursday. And you're allowed to say, no, I can't do that. But, you know, at the same time, if you're getting paid well, for it, it's just like so you, just, you, just, you just take it out and you're just like, all right, guess I'm not sleeping this week. Because Here's I'll the upside. This is the upside. And this is where I am really, really lucky. So this wedding that I'm working on is the son of the owner of my company. Yeah, cool. So like I, I have to get this done. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally today when I first got to work, I sat there putting 45 tab and slot um table numbers together with acrylic yeah. cement and it's like yeah fine because i know i can get away with it because it's for them it's like i don't get to do maker stuff and get my salary and get you know my day rate so yeah nice no did i talk about the like gigantic installation i was working on like a couple weeks ago on the podcast i did no right? i think you talked about it to me i think i told you about it but you know that was such it was really last minute and the scale of the thing was just huge. I think I posted a picture on our Instagram story anyway, 
it's not really mine to post. So I didn't post it as a permanent post, but I posted a picture of the finished thing on the story. And I was like hoping the world could understand the scale of it. Yeah. It was like 55 feet of vinyl flowers, huge acrylic panels that maxed out our 10 by five CNC bed and stuff. Can I just say as much as I love acrylic? Yeah. I absolutely hate vinyl. I have grown to hate vinyl. You know, we talked, we did vinyl. talk about how finicky it is, especially when you're applying this? it to acrylic. Okay. Um, what a pain in the ass it could be in the static and how it's just not a yeah. fun material. But to again, with. like when you're dealing with weddings, it's a really interesting design predicament because it's not built to last. It's not supposed no. to last. It's literally supposed to look good for a few hours at an event and then it's gone. Yeah. So Some it's of the like, stuff. Everything that you know about craftsmanship and whatever just gets thrown out the window and it's yep. what's the vision and how are we going to make it happen and make it look amazing in photos. I actually, um, it's very funny because I, a lot of the stuff I'm making, you know, I'm very used to working with permanent vinyl, permanent mm-hmm. vinyl, you know, like for those of you that don't have a cricket, like Oracle 651, which is pretty much everyone's go-to permanent vinyl, um, I'm used to working with that. I'm so used to working with that. And it's thick and it's easy to work with. And then I like for this, she's like, I want to reuse these table numbers. So we're going to need to do this like not permanent. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'll get removable vinyl. Removable vinyl is the thinnest garbage ever to work with. And all the fonts for this entire wedding, like all the design language is skinny, swirly scripts. Okay. Now, yeah. yeah. Vinyl ahead. doesn't like that no. to begin with. T- non-permanent vinyl despises it yeah so, i'm learning a lot about Do you know the another materials. thing that comes up with weddings what's that fonts luckily did that come up yet because if you have the font even a little bit different oftentimes there's a graphic designer or someone who will look and say well that's not the font i picked and then if you're saying well you know you have to purchase fonts if anyone's not familiar with like mm-hmm. doing that you know you can't just Unless someone does an image trace on the font and then sends it to you as a vector file, like yep. if if you don't have that font downloaded on your computer and a, an event planner used a really specific font for this event, and you uh-huh. can't get it. <laughs> and if you just try to mimic it, they will know. Like if, if you're working with a wedding planner or something like that, they will notice. Hey, here's that it's the good not part: the exact font. She is technologically illiterate, mm-hmm. so everything is like, "What can you design? I can, I can do anything." So I'm just uh-huh. using all Adobe fonts mm-hmm. and outlining them before I cut everything. So there's graphics for everything. Yeah. I made a seven foot tall, four foot wide seating chart. That's <laughs> The, the scale, because it's a wedding for 352 you, people. Okay, this is a controversial topic. Oh, boy. Do you like weddings? No, I hate everything formal. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not, I can't even pretend to not hate formal events. Like, I like I formal events. Them. I like formal events primarily because I like getting dressed up, and I think that's fun, and I love a theme. I love a theme. A sucker for a theme. There's a themed party. Invite me. I will come. I will pull out all the stops. I will have an outfit weddings oh brooke if i wake up in the morning of a wedding and like my socks don't match when i pull them out of the that's enough of a reason for me to bail like my whole day's ruined i can't go like i'm done it's it's not that i don't i've been to some actually i I, i've been to some beautiful weddings in my life and i you know really care about a lot of the people who i've gone to weddings for i just i can't i get that it's supposed to be this really big deal and like i just Maybe I'm too lighthearted for it. I like people declaring their love in front of me and then just like I need to watch them do a first dance. And then like Boy. 
I just, I. If I, I ever get remarried, you are not getting an invitation. I'm going to giggle the whole time and just be like, I'm just going to invite, I'm just going invite, to invite your husband and your daughter. I'm not even inviting you. That's it. Michael and Sarah lovely. can come and you are not welcome. Fine. Fine. No, actually, I'd be sad about that. I'd be sad to miss out. I just like, know what it is? I, I like simple. Like, I find that I think when you see the level, Maybe here's what I'm trying to say. I think when you see the level that people put into it, they're Too like, this is, this is the most important day of my life. Oh my God. It's not. It's, As a it's... married person who I loved my wedding, it was the best day. It was amazing. It's not the most important. No, it's, it's important. It's, it's, it's important. But having a gigantic, right. having a gigantic flower arch is not the thing <laughs> that makes it important. And I love, and people just get really high strung around it. That's what I don't like. I you love know, a wedding. I'm here for all that. I don't like when people get high strung about little nitty gritty details. You know, It you makes know, me go haywire. I have to explain the irony of how we record for those of you that have never been on the show or haven't been on in the last couple of weeks since we started doing video. Um, we have a guest today. Yes. And if my calculations <laughs> are correct, I'm going to introduce her in a second, but I'm going to say this and she, I just want her to nod if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Did you not just get married? Did okay. you? Wait, I thought this so. is so perfect. I know. Wait, so, wait, let's talk about this. Yes. Let's so now this is the perfect segue <laughs> to introduce our guest. Because... The, our guest this week is abstract artist and of course, friend of mine, the one and only Brittany Condor. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Hey, I realized as we're talking, I'm like, oh my God, Brittany just got married. This is going to be awesome. We should bring her in I now. Had, I, I, had, I had no idea you just got married. And just for the listeners that don't have video, she was sitting there nodding at everything I was saying. Yes. So hopefully I'm not a horrible person. Like, I love love. When no, I can, I can vouch for that, by the way. Brooke, I, is a, <laughs> Brooke is a bit of a sap, just like me, I which am. is great. People don't think I am, but I am. You are. You are. You Thank absolutely you. are. I read that. Okay. So, Brittany, what do you think? <laughs> so, it's really funny because I agree with basically everything you said. I am a hopeless romantic and have been since I was little. I just, I don't know. But I would, and the, the partner that I just married, his name is Trevor, and I love him very much, obviously. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, planning the wedding, I just kind of... <laughs> Was like, I don't really care about any of like the small things. I basically just did it because we have a ton of like amazing friends and family and I wanted them to all be together. So we, we had it in my parents' barn. Like I, I didn't know what colors to choose. And of course I'm a painter. So I picked like a favorite painting of mine to mimic the colors. And we just kept it really simple. Like the girls dresses were from Amazon, like, cause a lot of them live in different places and couldn't all get together to try stuff on. And I don't know, that just was not the biggest part to me. I was not a bridezilla. I don't understand when people <laughs> do that. I know a friend of a friend is getting married soon and they like, quit their job or like, or like went to like super part time or something so they could have time to plan. Like they were spending so much money. Wait, I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'm cheap, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) and maybe, maybe some people enjoy it. Like, yeah, there's some people that enjoy the process of planning it out and that's fun for them. It was not, that's not for me. I I wanted it to be simple. I didn't want to stress about it. Like even our first dance, we cut it short because I felt awkward and we were just laughing about anime the whole time to each other. That makes me feel so much better because at my wedding, Michael was like, I was like, we should do a first dance. Like, yeah, yeah. We picked a song and everything like that. And like, we literally started and we were like, this is weird. 
It's awkward. It's so awkward. <laughs> so we like, we're like, yep, all right. And then we just went, went to go <laughs> That's eat. That's basically <laughs> what we did too. It basically just, I don't know. It was amazing. It was perfect in every yeah. single way. It started raining like right after the ceremony. And I love rain and I don't know. Oh, so I it was that. It was I have cute. a question. I have a question for you because a close friend of mine is planning her wedding right now, mm-hmm. and she, we. I was joking about this because she too is an artist, and she, I was. She was. Did you do details of your wedding yourself? Did you want to? Yeah. Or did you not want to? I well, I didn't really want to, but I <laughs> again, I'm <laughs> but again, I'm cheap, you know. No. So we we got like a 3D printer Ooh, and okay. realized that you could download um a like basically all of the Greeks, Greek sculptures for free offline. Oh, wait, and so this. I 3D printed um, Cupid and I don't even remember her name right now, but it's really cute. It was like symbolic, you know, giving your like heart over or whatever. And we 3D printed those for all the tables and spray painted them. But that's basically, you know, my friend Tessa helped with the flowers and Courtney helped with it. flowers. Yeah, it's simple, yeah. simple. I love it. I, I had a conversation with a friend and she was basically saying because she makes stuff all day, like her job professionally. And she was like, for my wedding, she was like, I don't really want to. I just want to enjoy it and not have to think about it. I want to experience it without needing to design it. Like I'd be fun to design someone else's. Yeah, exactly. I think no, I like the 3D printer was cool because it basically just made it for me. I got to pick it and then that's, you know, I wanted to keep it really chill. Yeah, that's since a great I do idea. Paint. Yeah. Great idea. Super cheap. It, it was great. like a dollar for each piece. So, <laughs> you know. Bingo. And what's, yeah. what's, what's really funny is that, you know, when you do stuff like that, like people remember that. Like it's, that's, that's what, you know, you learn real quick that dollars don't equal impact, especially in weddings. Because like I'm working on, I'm working on apparently, and I don't know if you guys know this, and this is a big stretch, but brush stroke acrylic signs are a big effing deal in the wedding space right now. Yeah. And you don't need templates to do them. No, you know, I know. And I'm on my, <laughs> just so you know, I'm on my, so this one, this one actually was quite complex because it had to be peacock colored and I'm sitting there like, how the hell do I do peacock? Theme? I was like, well, I can do like you know, mostly blue, but then splashes of purple and really mm-hmm. bright green. And I showed it to the planner today because I worked on it over the weekend. I showed it to her today. She goes, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so I also have these two gold peacocks in vinyl facing away. And the lettering is going to be this, the font that I used on everything else in white in the middle. And I'm looking at this going, dude, you took an abstract concept. You like how I tied the word in um, abstract concept, <laughs> like you know, get this, get this peacock in there somehow, get a peacock. Cause there's going to be peacocks all over the thing. It's the whole theme of thing. And I made peacock work. And then there, the gold ones look kind of like the ones you see in like Hindu art. And mm, it's like, yeah. I have absolutely crushed the hell out of this. <laughs> like, I am so, so proud of it. And I'm like, and I, sh- I've showed it to people and they're like, every time I show people something, this is what I've loved about what I've been doing so much. And, with all this wedding stuff, I've been doing stuff and people are like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could do that. And I'm like, well, I knew how I just didn't have an opportunity. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're a maker, you mm-hmm. get known for certain things, you know, sometimes I fall back on, Hey, look at this cool cutting board I made and everybody <laughs> likes my cutting boards. And it's like, okay, cool. I make a cool cutting board, but then, you know, I make something really pretty and it's like, Oh, okay. You got that side too. Like that's kind of cool. So, yeah. Why don't you, now that we've, um, 
talked all about your wedding. Yeah, I know. That was... That worked out really serendipitous. It's so funny, I know. It really did. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit, give us a little bit of your backstory, how you came to be an abstract artist, you know, all that kind of stuff, How you, what your background is, your education, all that kind of stuff, so we have a better picture of who you are. Yeah, sure. So um, I have always been very weird and um, <laughs> yeah, I've the always, weirdos. <laughs> yeah, I've always, Same I've, girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I've, as a human, like I've always felt kind of out of place or like I didn't really fit in. And when I make art ever since I was little, it was just very soothing to me and it made me feel like I was getting a part of myself out that I couldn't really like say to other people or, you know, really even understood for myself. So I've just, I have to compulsively create. Um, people ask me all the time, where do you find your motivation? I want to be able to be, I want to create as often as you do. And I have to do it. Mm -hmm. I paint pretty much every day there are periods where I don't do that um when I'm like having you know depression like kind of episodes something I've dealt with for a really long time sometimes I'll create even more and then sometimes I don't create at all um but it's I also just find inspiration in everything I do if I go outside I watch a ton of movies I love movies listen to music yeah like you know like wes anderson um kubrick like people like that that use really interesting colors and characters have always just been really inspiring to me and um i don't know like as a kid i was really impressionable as kids are and i would watch things like james and the giant peach on repeat every day yeah. or like um you know just stuff like that so beetlejuice like weird obscure like strange things and i just always knew that i i don't know just had these weird thoughts that i just had to get out of my head so you're like the more colorful lydia deets basically <laughs> yeah I, really am. I yeah same i'm strange and unusual for sure so there's a you know we've had it's weird because when we have artists on the show when we have artists on the show there does seem to be a theme towards bright colorful a little bit wild a little bit weird um you know we've had cat leapins we've had dahlia Raz. um you know when we have artists on they're not typical artists and mm -hmm. you're definitely not typical and <laughs> yeah it's interesting that you're you're you 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 don't shy away from color and the crazy and yet you still have there's one one you did um trying to remember it was like a cityscape yes yes but the perspective was perfect wow and i'm thank like you. so that means like because normally and I, I don't want to insult anyone that's been on the show but there is a certain trend to people that you know the people that do abstract stuff tend to shy away from that they want to mm -hmm. do like blobby, colorful, and I love that style too. But you have, you clearly have some technical skill to your painting too. Yeah. Like you appreciate yeah. the geometry of perspective and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And that's, it's interesting that you managed to combine that and wild way out colors and surrealist stuff. It's, it's interesting that you've combined both of those. Well, it, um, it helps too. Like I, I, 
actually that was a commission piece for a, mo a woman that I met while I was in New York and she wanted me to do New York at dusk. I had never painted buildings before that piece. And <laughs> that was my, <laughs> yeah, that was my first attempt and I was really nervous going into it. But the woman that I met, her name is Michelle and she's just this beautiful, colorful person. She has thick rimmed glasses, you know, she's just got a lot of energy to her. So she picked the right person because I <laughs> love using all the color that I have available to me. And yeah, I think it's just a mix of wanting to use all the colors, but also being a little bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of studying. And as far as, yeah, my background as an artist, I never went to school for it. Um, I took a painting class in high school, but learned most of it, um, on my own or from YouTube. So, wow. so yeah, YouTube has helped me a lot with, um, oil painting, which I just started a year ago. So Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's a very different ballgame. So you, I'm guessing you were dealing mostly with acrylics before. Yes. Yeah. So yes. boy, oil is a very different game from, from what I've been told from the people that know better. So. A lot of people that I know do acrylic and they're so scared of oils. And I will say I watched so many hours of YouTube videos before I, you know, committed and went and bought everything that I needed um, to start it. But once I once I used oils, it's very, very hard for me to go back to acrylic. I love it so much. I definitely want to encourage artists that are scared to use it to try it because it is awesome it is so awesome do you watch um do you watch sarah renee clark on youtube i don't i don't okay so she does mostly most of what she's done up to this point has been like um i don't want to say adult coloring books because that sounds diminutive and it's more that she does more than that but she yeah. tends to teach people how to color like an adult so she'll show you how to use alcohol markers and white gel pens to get highlights and, you know, adding in colored pencils to kind of give things some depth and some shadows and stuff. And she has been recently trying a bunch of new stuff. And one of the things she's been trying, um, she just did a video like last week or the week before where she tried oil painting for the first oh, time. Yeah. And her reaction was exactly the same. She's like, mm -hmm. she was, she's like, I'm really loving and she's layering stuff and it's just layering on top of each other. Yes. And it's just like, you can make white sit on top of black and it yes. just sits there. It, you know, it'll blend if it's still wet, but if it's, you know, somewhat got the skin formed over it and you mm -hmm. put white on top, you now have white on top of black, which you can't really accomplish as easily with acrylics. No, absolutely. It's um something like I learned through there, like you do like a wash over, the canvas first mm -hmm. and the greats you know in the past rembrandt and people like that will use raw umber i believe typically um so you mix just a little bit of oil paint with um like mineral spirits mm -hmm. and then you do a wash so the thinner you have to start really thin and then you can build as long as whatever you're building on top with is thicker than what you used for the layer before. Ah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've realized okay. recently, um, just a quick tip for those who are listening, if you <laughs> want to try it, I use Q-tips and I'll dip them in my mineral spirits and then I'll like clear off parts where I want it to be really bright. And then I just put that paint in that place like a little oh. puzzle yeah 
Oh, so you're like leaving a little like yeah, you're like leaving a little spot for it to go. So okay, yeah. So it's not layered on top of so much. It's just yeah. there. And you know, it takes weeks to dry. So you know, you keep building and building and building, and then realize I want a really bright spot here. You can go back and take it off. So it's brilliant. I love it so much. So before we before we came on, I did say I remembered because I always try to remember where I first hear about people and how I first discover people. Mm-hmm. And I had to ask Brittany if I followed her first or she followed me first. And I think I did follow her first and she confirmed. So then my memory is probably correct. And it's interesting how I found your Instagram because I started following a lot of artists mm-hmm. all at the same time. Like there's like a block of people that kind of showed up in my in my YouTube and then in my Instagram all at the same time. So, you know, the aforementioned Kat Leapins, um, Katie Mai is another one that I've mentioned a few times on the show. Um, just a bunch of 10 hundred, all different artists that I started getting really, really into. And when I started following them on Instagram, Instagram to its credit, I mean, much as we complain about Instagram <laughs> to its credit, it did cool. kind of know that I was starting to follow more artists instead mm-hmm. of just woodworkers and metal workers and stuff like that. And it started showing me more artists and, and you were in my explore tab. And I remember going to your feed and going, Oh, <laughs> wow. wow. Like this is really cool. Like it's different. And I was you know, one of the things that's happened with me, I still do woodwork. I still like woodwork, but I kind of like, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm always wanting more. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I discovered your, your art, it was like, oh wow, this is like, this is different. Like I really, really like this. In fact, I have two of your prints. The only reason they're not up on the walls is because I bought them right before I sold my house. So they're in, they're still in the envelope you shipped them in. But I have two Brittany Condor prints that are ready to go on the wall once I'm able to make frames for them. But that's how I discovered you. So you um, Instagram puts you in the league with 1000, Cat Leapins, all those artists that everyone knows and loves. You are one of them. So congratulations. <laughs> Wonderful. That feels really good. <laughs> Some good company to be in, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I have a question for you. Absolutely. As you talk about painting techniques. Were you, how did you progress to finding your medium of choice, if you will? Like, did you draw first or was it always paint? How did that go for you? So I don't know. I, I remember it's kind of a blur, I guess. It just kind of all blends together. But whenever I was younger, it was always like, crayons i loved oil pastels um <laughs> yes and i've been That's looking so at them I, online because i kind of want to go back to it i want to test really? it out again do you, so do you wonder- i hated them like, oh my I, God, like I they were them. icky and like, i didn't like that when i stacked things in my folders at school mm. they would get oh all God. over everything yeah. so i love them so them. much i want to get them just to see if they're as much fun as i remembered them being because i loved like I was the kid that like would mash the crayon into the page. Yes. Color. Yes. I yeah. love the saturation of oil pastels. Exactly. I absolutely loved it. Same. And I just love like I would blend it with my fingers a lot. And so I just I think that's when I realized that I love to be like I want to feel it. You know, mm. I, I need that like. I don't know. I finger painted forever. Yeah, I get. For I so totally get long. what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was in high school, I think that's really when it hit me because I, you know, I had this art class and we did some paintings, and I realized, you know, actually, I remember specifically I had to paint strawberries, 
and you were supposed to paint them as realistic as possible. And I did good, but then I, I had to add gold. I was like, it needs gold. Um, course, I, and I do. don't care, fail me, <laughs> it has to have gold. So I started, you know, experimenting even with those kinds of things. And it, it just really, really blossomed for there. I think that's so funny that you said that, that you had to have, add gold at the end because I went through a little painting phase and I don't think I've ever shared any of them because I get really self-conscious about that or like, I don't know. I feel like when you're sharing your artwork, it's like there's this undertone of look how good it is. Clap at me, which is not why I created <laughs> it, it in the first place. It's so embarrassing. It but is. I, I did like landscapes and stuff because I love nature or whatever. And I used to always add gold and silver at the end. I'd be looking <laughs> yeah, at it. I'd be like, what does it need? And then I had like tubes of acrylic, like metallic paint. And I was like that. And I would just like smear it with my hands all over it. And I'd be like, no, it's done. It's funny. That's how I've been with fluorescent paint. Like no my way. fluorescent pink paint. I'm just like, that's my new gold. You know, I have to put it on everything. You even it managed to work it into a rubber ducky painting. I mean, I really, yeah, <laughs> I had to. I had to. Yeah. It's that's the but that's the that's the that's gotta be the fun part, right? Like, do you feel like as someone who's known for I mean, your handle is abstract original. So I mean, mm -hmm. as someone who is into abstract and weird and stuff. Do you feel like that's probably that's more freeing? Is that why you gravitate towards that? Like you can just like you you have carte blanche basically, right? You're not like you don't that your style is by default out there. Like it's like that's whatever I feel like doing. It's just weird. Yeah. Is that is that the reason? Like, did you? I, I always because I've I've seen people that have started as like I was really into portrait sketching. And now I just do like Picasso type stuff. You know, it's like, and yeah. I've actually seen that. So I was just curious. I, I just have always been drawn to bright colors, obviously, you know. So I think that that just kind of steered me in that direction. And I, I don't really have a specific style. And people have told me in the past that I won't be a successful artist unless I have a specific kind of style. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like... I am going to do whatever I want because in that moment, there are times where I want to do more realistic things, but it really depends on my mood. I just switch it up all the time. I'm constantly wanting to try different styles, you know? I don't reckon a successful artist has ever told you you won't be successful if you don't like niche the hell down. Like I don't, I don't think that a, I don't think successful artists think that way. I think people chasing success kind of think that way. Yeah, you see people's Instagrams and stuff, and um, the, and I'm I always feel like you know maybe if I was more like that I would end up being more successful, but it's just not me. But where you scroll down and all of them have similar colors, similar styles, similar shapes, things like that. Um, and I do have repetitive things. I like to use circles sure. um, and stuff like that a lot. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I I have to do it this way or I won't create art. I just have to do it however I feel in the moment, you know. Hmm. What is your definition of good art? Oh man, I I think that the biggest thing I as an artist um that I think is important is to have pride in your work. So, you know, I think really just focusing on it and setting aside like like that energy for it. You can tell when you look at somebody's piece, if it's just kind of like, you know, slapped together, which is fine too. I like that too. But I think um, 
I just, I don't know. You can tell when somebody has like pretty good technical skill. I like that. I'm not saying that you have to have that to be a good artist because there's plenty of things that like a simple one line drawing, you know, can change the way my brain is for the rest of my life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I study old artists all the time. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm noticing that as a common thread for someone who has such an abstract style, you seem to reference a lot of very classical visual artists, which is yes. really interesting to hear. Well, I love them so much and I respect them all. Um, and I, I, it's not only that I like to see their art, but I like to hear their background stories because I like to know what kind of led them to be the artists that they are. So um, I just went and saw the the Van Gogh exhibit that's kind of been going around. And I was really nervous because I love Van Gogh. He is one of my biggest inspirations. Yeah. And I, I hate to say this because it feels embarrassing, but I feel yeah. like I relate to him in a lot of like the mental health issues. Actually, <laughs> no, I, lo I love that you say it though. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you feel, feel you know, like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, Van yeah, Gogh. No, just... I'm obviously, <laughs> you know, but, um, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I think it's, I think it's important like I think it's fascinating okay, have you seen the like when you're talking about the Van Gogh have you been seen like the immersive ones yes that's what I went to that's what you went to I was just wanted to clarify and like I think it's yes. interesting because it, you're like supposed to like separate the art from the artist and mm. whatever but like as I never that, do as someone who like makes and creates it's it's interesting because on one hand it's like sure but how do you do that but even if they're a terrible you know or not a terrible person <laughs> terrible. but like if they made terrible choices or mistakes like even if they weren't a you know a really awesome you know kind person or whatever it still adds to why i love that it's, piece because well, it's, it's not about that and i think that's more what i mean by my original comment is it's like it's it's not about like oh my gosh look at this perfect person no it's yeah. just like look at the humanity of someone mm -hmm. and how yes. you can see that through art and how it connects and is like an extension of someone's humanity I think that it's really really important for why people like specific artists you know mm -hmm. too because you can relate to them and you can see it in their artwork but once you start reading about them too you're like oh wow that's why they yeah. use these colors or these shapes or whatever too you find you find your connections after you find the art, which is always interesting. Like, you know, you'll connect with someone's art. Like you just said, you'll connect with someone's art and then read their backstory and go, like, oh, <laughs> they made choices. They made choices I like because they're a lot in line with my life experiences or my way of thinking or, you know, my yeah. background or something about us is yeah. connected in such a way that when it comes out of them as an artist, <laughs> it comes out the same way it would come out of me sure. as an artist. And that's yes. kind of cool. It's interesting too, because I think like, this is such a floofy topic, I guess, but I don't care. Like, Bring the floof, I, like I've been trying to, I, like I have art pieces and things like that, that I've collected in photographs and just work from people that really, I really love. And I've been trying to get it properly displayed in my home because I always sit there and get indecisive and I'm like, where do I want to put it? And as I've been doing it, I didn't realize like how dark everything I have is not necessarily in subject matter, but just like, oh. it's, it's very dark. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's like, um, I don't know. I think I've sent you pictures, Vincent, and been like, how does mm -hmm. this look? And you're like, it's too dark. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's the lightest one I have. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's the lightest everything, one I have. You did say that once. And I was like, okay. everything. You okay, like, Brooke? I just <laughs> you okay? I'm good. I'm good. But yeah, it's super interesting. And there's certain things you don't, it just touches the side of people that 
it's interesting that you you can't necessarily even put into words sometimes, but when you see it all laid out, you're like, whoa. Anyway, Absolutely. It's, it's interesting as we're talking about this, because I, I don't know if you see me, I'm looking around, right? Mm-hmm. And I have, so there's another abstract artist who I really like. Her name is Carolyn Barado. Um, she's an Instagrammer also. Her art is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I have one of hers like right over here. Then I have two from Dahlia Raz right here. Mm-hmm. And then I have one from Kat Leapens over there. And they're all like this surrealist, like crazy. Like it, it goes from abstract to surrealist to pop art surrealist. And then mm-hmm. back in the corner here is one from Dan Roto, which is just pure pop art. Mm-hmm. And it's all just like, oh, wow, there's a lot of art in here. and it's But there's a vibe. It's all yeah. colorful. It's all. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, this fit. This is like I'm understanding. Like I didn't even realize until I'm, we're talking about this, I'm like, wow, you really did pick out from disparate group. You've picked out very similar art, even if it's not the same art, you definitely have yeah. something you like in this kind of art. So for it's sure. funny because my, like my taste is so all over the place. Like I love Monet. I am just like, I was blown you. Away. Well, sorry, you finish your thought. <laughs> no, I'm just always so blown away by like his art yeah. and Van Gogh, obviously very colorful, but then I also love Rothko and um, a lot of people have a lot of terrible things to say about Rothko or like Matisse because they think that oh, they're simple. Yeah, they think it's simple. It's easy. Anybody can do it. That is point. not true. That is not true. You know, Okay, uh, as someone who literally took the dancers and tried to sketch it in Procreate as a way to learn the, the tools in Procreate, yeah. if you think it's simple try it like mm-hmm. just try to mimic what what he accomplished with that paint that painting is amazing it's one yeah. of the most amazing paintings ever and you know the other one that's amazing it's funny you say it's funny you mentioned him because he's one that i always think of the blue stuff that he did oh, i love it it's it's incredible it's absolutely it incredible yes and i can true i'm not an art expert right so if i even remember something that you did if i remember your name and a piece that you made it hit me a certain kind of way. Like I don't mm-hmm. remember anything about art. Like I'll look at art. I'll appreciate, I can appreciate just about anything. I enjoy it. I don't remember anything. Like I have no memory for it, but then there are certain things where it's like, no, I remember all the details. Like I can almost feel that painting when I see it. And mm-hmm. the yes. blue stuff to me is exactly that. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's so beautiful. It is just incredible stuff. If, by the way, if you're listening to this and you've not, I, I recommend listening to this episode with Google going. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm doing the saying. same thing. I'm just like, okay, I think I know. I, I'm, I'm always from like, I'm doing the same thing. I'm on my phone, just like, I think I know what they're talking about, but let me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie. As as Brittany was rattling off artists, I'm like, I think I know yeah. that one, and I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, I do know that one. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. I know that one. I know that one. But. Yeah. I think Rothko is one that like a lot of people aren't um, super familiar with or they've seen his work but don't realize that it's him Um, because it's just like there there's this collection that he did at one point. He grew up through the Great Depression and you can see it in his work. There's the the great uh, art critic Jerry Saltz 
he talks about it and he refers to it as the Buddhist television because mm-hmm. you you walk up to it and you it's just you know like a black circle and you just see a whole world in this black circle it's so when you say like who do i think is a good artist it's hard to say because it's kind of just what strikes me in the moment and he was mm-hmm. one of those that just changed my I life have, i have seen i will say i will say i have seen mark rothko's work in person oh my god i'm so jealous in at um <laughs> dia beacon upstate in upstate new york in beacon new york which by the way if you're ever in new york again and you want to go there you let me know i'll bring you up there you oh will god, absolutely it, it will blow your mind it's one of the coolest museums ever it's not big but the the selection of art that they have is always just incredible i've been there like eight or nine times. I'm not even joking. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite museums. And they always, I don't know if they still do because it's been a little while since I've been there, but they had multiple over the years, they've had multiple Mark Rothko exhibits and they are just, I, 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 when you said his name, I'm like, I know I've heard that name before. And I just did a Google Mm -hmm. search real quick for Mark Rothko, Dia Beacon. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that exhibit. I saw that. Okay. I did see that. (laughs) Well, just be prepared if you ever want to go with me that I'll be there and just stare at one painting probably for like three hours. So is it like a particular painting or like just as in you need three hours to properly process one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I went, I went there. Okay. I'm going to tell you a great story. I'm going to tell you a great story. This is a great story because we have an artist on and artists always appreciate this stuff. Um, there's a room in, in at Dia. Dia is run by the um, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, okay. No, no, sorry, Museum of Modern Art. It's run by MoMA. Just went um, there. Was that? I just went there. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 an incredible museum. It just mm-hmm. it's absolutely it's cool. incredible. One of the best in the city. Um, I went there and I'm walking around the rooms and you know there's one room that is on Kawara, and if you've never heard of on Kawara, the concept mm-hmm. of the work that they did not impressive they they literally painted dates just dates on small canvases so maybe like the canvas is like 12 by five ish right and hand painted the date in the same font every day for like 40 something years (sighs) but i didn't know this it's it's really yeah it's it's super weird and interesting right so i go to i go to this exhibit and i'm looking i'm looking around and honestly in a a modern art museum even artists are going to look at stuff and go this is stupid like at some point (laughs) that's half the experience though yeah Yeah, exactly exactly and i i get it i get I get that vibe. I feel like people are a little too scared to say, I don't get this. It's kind of silly because mm-hmm. it's like, this is art. You're supposed to get it. And if you don't get it, you're supposed to shut up. No, about it. no, no. You could say it's silly. If you think it's silly, this felt really, really silly. And I was like, I don't understand why this is in a museum. Like dude, literally painted dates. Right. So I go over this chart on the wall and it shows all the days over the course of like 50 something years that this was done and little X's on dates that it wasn't. And there's like, nearly none in 50 something years. And I'm like this. Okay. So this person was not just weird. They were obsessed with this. So, okay, cool. So they were very, I'm I'm invested now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, I clearly, I went into the room. So the room was a through room. So you could go in from either end and I went in from the wrong end. So I didn't get to read the card that introduced the exhibit until I left the room. And as I walked out, I saw the card and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I, I, I don't understand this. Like I could see the, I could see the technical skill. The font was perfect. It matched every day. Why is this even art? 
I pull out the card and I start reading. Number one, everything was completely done by hand. No templates, no reference, nothing. Completely done by hand. Okay, that's pretty damn cool by itself. No rulers, no straight edges, just brush technique. Number two, every day they destroyed the prior day's paint and started over. Like they didn't keep the paint day to day. Like So they would mix the perfect color, do the work, and stop. And then when they were done, they would mix the color the next day, do the work, stop. The next day, mix the color, do the work, stop. And when you start to realize how much actually went into all these tiny little date, like this had to take hours of every day. Which, sorry, go. And I was just blown away by it. And I started to appreciate it. So I, I go back in and I start looking closely at them. And now I'm starting to appreciate the brush strokes and mm. appreciate the color matching that went on because they have a few from years, but then they have a couple that are in sequence. And you did see that did the color friend, slowly change with time because they were matching the, the day before. So like it would slowly shift a little more orange. Or something. So it's really funny. Oh, in a short time window, they were almost identical. Right. But that they were like it went from like dark blue to like a blackish blue to like but they, and they were very close. And then, like, you would see, like, if you jumped, like, four or five years ahead, they went to, like, this much lighter color. And then they were that color for a few, you know? And it's – you start to appreciate that, yeah, this is really weird and really different. But technically, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, you can – you can again, the thing that I was saying about humanity, like, there's so much yeah. silly humanity in that. Yes. That is super – relatable and, it's like I, you stuck with the bit man and i appreciate that's that it. That's it. It. you never punched out on the bit like the bit was like the bit is i'm gonna paint the date every day and you yeah. did it for like 50 some odd and, years like congratulations and dude. let's digress back to the link between art and mental health <laughs> literally i'm sitting here thinking like please OCD. for the love of god tell me this person branched out at least a little you know <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I've, I've never looked him up. I've never looked him up. Um, I'm looking at him now and you know, what's funny in the, in the Bing images that come up for him, it's the exhibit. Like, oh, it's no. just the date. <laughs> so I'm starting to think like, you know, he did change the font a couple of times, which is really interesting. Whoa, the wedding planner is not going to be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a really, he's a really fascinating it's it's such a weird thing and it's you so know what cool it is? okay i feel like there's those little thoughts and little rituals that we all do every single day that are so minute to us that we never talk about them with anybody so it's yeah. like the most intimate parts of ourselves in a way not because you're keeping it from someone it's just some ritual you do in your head that you just don't sh share so why would you? you don't even think of anything of it yeah, and so then it's like seeing a physical representation of that type of thing. That's it's actually great. I like and it. And it's such a wonderfully, you know, one of the things I'm I've, I'm starting to appreciate because I've talked about it on the show. You know, I'm trying to do more instead of doing work that just says, "Look at the cool work I can do." Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do work that's more artistic, that has more meaning to it, that tells oh my a story. Gosh. Yes, and it's and you start to see that. When you start doing that, it's like almost like confirmation bias. Like if I start looking at my own work that way, now I'm starting to look at other people's work that way and try to mm -hmm. see the story that they're mm -hmm. trying to tell way more than I ever did. Like well, I always could appreciate that, but now I can see it a lot better. I have a question for you, Brittany, because your paintings, I think at quick glance to someone would look very lighthearted and just fun and silly. Like, do you take things on 
with a message in mind or do you just kind of let it happen and then figure it out as you go? Like, how does that work for you? Do you have a concept? Yes. Okay. That's okay. actually the perfect that I was just thinking about this as you were speaking. Okay. So I, um, yes, I do have concepts that I, I meditate every day. So <laughs> I usually meditate. Yeah. I have to, or I will spin all the way out of control. So, um, yeah, I, I'll sometimes meditate on like a circle. So recently I painted and it's not really serious concepts always. Sometimes they are, um, and they're deeply personal, but like the other day I meditated on it on a circle and a tiger just popped up into my mind. And so I painted a circle with a tiger inside of it. And then I painted a, like a little, like, um, like 60s style kind of house near it or mm -hmm. like underneath it. And it was just kind of like, I like to show like a sense of urgency, I guess, like thinking about a tiger in a neighborhood or like, <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Made a sense you of know, urgency. like it's, it's, sometimes <laughs> it's more sure. literal like that, you know, mm -hmm. and then other times it's a little different. Like um, I did one recently with a chair and there's like an eyeball painting in the background and there's banana slugs everywhere. And it was because I went to, which is super weird, but I was in, um, I think it was Seattle and we went to, this park and they were talking about how banana slugs are taking over like the forest. And if you see them, you should kill them because they're an invasive species. So I was just trying to show like the comfort of your own like living room space. And then the like impending doom of these banana <laughs> slugs trying to break into your living room. But it, that was less literal, even though that's, you know what I'm saying right now, yeah, but it's yeah. more just like um, the safety of your own mind and your own like, like thinking about not being as worried about what's happening on the outside of your home because you're desensitized to it was essentially mm -hmm. my concept behind it. it. It's such a cool painting, by the way. Uh, it's one of those, like, <laughs> this is one of the fun parts of following someone like Brittany in your feed. Like as you're scrolling through, you look and sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I look at your stuff. I go, what the hell is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and that's and what just, I want people to do. And what I love, what I love about it is you rarely put any explanation was, in your captions. Just, no, I was just about to ask that. And do you care if anyone gets that message or do no. you want people to look at it and, and have their own experience with it? I want people to feel, I want them to I want their mind to be in a different place than it is on a regular basis. I want them to see something that kind of jolts them awake. And even if it's just like, this is really strange, the whole thing with like you going to a museum and seeing something that you don't like, and you're like, this is stupid. You're still getting a reaction out of somebody. Yeah. And it's not because I want to, you know, it's of course being a su successful artist is great and everything, but really I think what I want to do is just make people feel weird. I want them, <laughs> I want them to feel weird. I think that the coolest people, the most interesting people are the ones that can get like out of their, like that, the loop. I think I know. What, I think I know what you're saying. Like, I, and correct me if I'm not following this, but it's like when people take themselves too seriously, or something where it's like it's like getting jostling people a little bit into the uncomfortable yes and just letting someone have a visceral reaction to something to something i think a surprising number of people can't do that my mom because has always said that i just thrive on shock value and yeah, she's yeah. right <laughs> I, have to, I mean i i have to i have to say things that are shocking i tell my friends crazy stories that they're like oh my gosh i can't believe you said that out loud all the time because i just like to 
I just, I don't know. I think it's life is so much more fun that way. And I actually have a gallery event coming up August 5th. Oh yeah. Tell us about it. So, um, this is probably the biggest thing I'm doing for myself as an artist. Um, so far I, I met these guys and they own this gallery and they've been asking me to do it for a couple months. And I, I wasn't sure yet. And I finally went and looked at the space and it's exactly what I've been trying to manifest and just kind of like daydreaming about. And it's just right there in front of me. It's a really, really great step for me. So they want me to fill the entire space with just my artwork, which is you know, kind of scary. That's a big and ask. It, yeah. <laughs> so he asked me two weeks ago and he said, can you, can you be ready in a month? And I said, yes. And I, cause I always say yes. And I know that I'm going to take on a lot more than I can handle, but I like to push myself. So I'm trying to create a whole new collection for it. Um, I, am incorporating things that I typically don't do. I'm sewing, um, I'm, yeah. And I, I'll tell you guys about it if you want to know. It's a secret 100%. to the people on Instagram, but I'll go ahead and say it if on the podcast. If they're making it 52 minutes into a podcast. Yeah. I yeah. Would, I think they're clearly fans. They deserve it. They yeah. deserve <laughs> okay, it. Okay. 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 I won't force you, but I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm calling it rally. I went through a deep depression for the, like, for like two months straight. Mm -hmm. And I was it was just a very hard time. Nothing really brought it on. It just, you know, mental health stuff just randomly kind of popped up and I just was crying every day and every, everything just felt really hard. And then he asked me to do this project and I, I just, I got my concept for mm -hmm. the event. So I'm calling it rally. And the idea is that, you know, like you rally throughout the night, like you're tired, your friends are like, we, we need to keep partying, right? It's rallying for yourself. It's finding a way to get out of that dark spot. It's, I picture it in my head as like, you're really excited about like your birthday is coming up, right? And you're supposed to be excited, mm -hmm. but you're like, I don't really, I'm getting older. I just don't really want to do this. Maybe you're not in the mood, but you have to go to this party because it's your own birthday party. Mm -hmm. So you have to like, you have to put it on, you know, yeah, for yeah. everyone. So I'm sewing these, <laughs> I'm sewing these like basically like gingerbread men that are um, my height, and I'm stuffing them and I'm going to have party hats on them. I love it. Littered throughout um, sort of like an art installation to kind of make people see not only what I've been feeling, hopefully, or well, hopefully not, but I think a lot of people will relate to that feeling. Mm -hmm. So I like got plaster for the first time and worked with that the other day. I'm making a fake birthday cake with plaster. I wrapped a Folgers can with fabric and then plastered over top and I'm going to be painting it and it's going to be a window um, like installation before you walk in. And then I'm doing these big canvases. I'm not, I typically do like 16 inch by 20 inch. These are going to be four feet by four feet, five feet by four feet. Wow. And I'm trying to do eight before the show. So I have two weeks left. I have three paintings done okay. and I am trying to, well, four technically one, I'm not extremely happy with but um they're all different styles they're different colors um one is actually um uh, me posing in it so um i still haven't worked up the courage to do self-portrait exactly 
but um, it is, it's hard. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about this event. Um, I think, I think it'll be really good. I'm excited to see it. I love the concept Mm -hmm. and hearing you describe where it came from. It's also rallying not only for yourself, but for your community. Um, I think it's just important, you know, with like my specific beliefs and my love for other human beings, just being there for those around you locally and worldly too, you know. August 5th, 2022. Yes. um, At 2044 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, You can find that the information is on the information is at Brittany's Instagram, which is, of course, abstract original with Mm -hmm. uh, two C's. Yeah, so don't get you. that wrong. That's why I can never. <laughs> that's why I type it sometimes, and it's like, why didn't it come? All oh, right, two C's, right, right, right. <laughs> two so two the C's. information, the information is there. So wow, it's really close. Like August fifth well, is not far. That's so exciting, though. I'm so yeah. excited so for you. Just hearing you talk about it, you're gonna do. It's gonna be great. It Thank is gonna you. be great. I have all the faith in the world. I was very excited when you did the New Orleans thing, and mm-hmm. it's like this is like you know starting to see you going out and doing shows and exhibitions. I don't know. I haven't known you that long, maybe like what about a year and a half, two years at this point. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were doing this all along. I mean, obviously we kind of met right around the time the coof was happening. So, you know, everything kind of got thrown in the air anyway, but it's kind of cool watching you like, Oh, I got a gallery. Oh, I got another gallery. It's like, yes, go crush it. (laughs) Yes. It's uh, it's actually just it's been crazy and I'm very very lucky to know the people that I do and that I keep making connections because I started being a full time artist after COVID. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know that I could do this. I like I said I started oil painting last year, so before that was acrylic, and I just practice every day. And these opportunities have been very quick. I started doing live paintings at shows and things like that um, only like maybe a year ago. So it's, it's been, I've been just, it's been blown up. You have to just put yourself out there and, and not think too hard about being perfect or being anything other than what you are presently as yourself and just put yourself out there because yeah, things will line up. Things will come. Yeah, I, you know, as much as I have anxiety and I worry about these things, I just keep pushing myself and then realize that it's not going to kill me. I've, with everything that I finish, with every project that I take on, that I think in the beginning this is going to be impossible. There's no way I can do it. I I do it. You know, it might not be exactly where I want to be. I'm definitely not the painter that I want to be at the moment, but I just have to keep going. Yeah, but it's a reflection all like even as you're talking about the concept behind your gallery show and the state you were in when you were, you know, putting that out there. It's a reflection of you and all your humanity and everything that you are like right now and that's a, I I love seeing that type of stuff play out in artwork. It's it's also it also shows that your art is actually connected to you. Like it, it's not just art that you're making for the sake. Of, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with making art for the sake of making art. That's perfectly fine too. I'm Absolutely. not saying every piece has to have a deep sub meaning to it. Like they don't, but I love, I love when you're, you know, you, you're, you're explaining the meaning behind rally and 
you know, your the, the colors you choose and like the banana slug painting, which looks just like a silly thing, but like, no, there's a story yeah. here. See, mm -hmm. I, and I know you don't want to kind of pollute people's mind with your story mm -hmm. as far as those, but it was really interesting. Like I'd seen that before I can visualize it in my head without even looking. And it's really funny. That's like, Oh, that's what that, what that weird thing she did. Like, okay. Like I get it now. And it's kind of cool that you managed to kind of bring all this stuff together and now it's starting to like, I don't know, like leak out to other people. It's like, oh, other people are starting to see what I see in the stuff that I do. And that that's, I don't know, I feel like that's when, when you feel like you've arrived, when you start to get that those people kind of understanding you. Even if they don't get you completely, <laughs> they understand you. It's like, oh, no, she's okay. I know where she, I kind of get where she's coming from here. Yeah, I I would say, you know, obviously money is great, right? Like I like to sell my pieces because I would, you know, I like money to survive. Um, Makes but living a lot easier. You horrible person. I know, right? <laughs> how, how dare you say that? It'd be great to just live on, you know, like on a farm and just, you know, all that stuff, not really needed as much. But the best part, the most important part of this for me is making those connections and you know like vincent like it's instagram i get these dms i get dms from people i got a dm from a guy in egypt the other day and we talked for like two hours on there <laughs> i may i meet people from all over the world i make connections with people in my own city that i haven't met you know in the seven years that i've lived here mm -hmm. and they're telling me you are so encouraging it it means so much to me that you're putting your heart in this. It gives me like a passion and it just, that's why I love doing it. You know, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think as an artist that puts your stuff out publicly, you know, whether it's not, and not just like I'm talking galleries, museums, shows, whatever I'm talking like someone who's like the nitty gritty is on Instagram, like for the world yeah. to see and take in. I think that almost guarantees that you're going to relate to people that you didn't think you'd relate to before, because, you know, some people are going to relate to your end work and you're always going to have those. Right. But the people that relate to your process your, you know, whether it's your planning process, your thought process, your actual art process, you know, like, you know, like I show you the beginning stage is the first part. I don't know what I'm going to do with this yet. Here's the middle of the painting. And now yes. maybe two weeks from now, you'll see the end of this painting. But right now I'm just leaving it here. And people are like, yeah, see, I do that too. You know, I don't, you don't have to finish it in one setting. No, you can, you can finish it eventually and it's fine. And it's still just as good. It doesn't matter if you finish it today or next month, you know? Yes. Just, it doesn't I even matter. Honestly, I hate to say it, but it doesn't even matter if you finish it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, think of all the famous paintings that are in museums that haven't even been finished before I, the artist died. I was just about to say that I actually love those even more sometimes than finished you, paintings. Yes. Yeah. I think it's important. The most, one of the most important things for me, as far as like my social media, right? Because I, I'm on there a lot, um, is being as authentic as I possibly can, because I have so many beautiful artists in my own life, as well as those that are just now meeting me or will meet me that struggle with, you know, I didn't create for six months or mm. whatever. I want to show them like you can pick it up whenever you want. You can always go back to it. You, you do not have to be perfect. 
like mental health is real. Like a lot of people go through that. Some people just have bouts of, you know, a creative drought. I have that all the time. Sometimes I like, I have to surround myself, like, like I said, like with creative movies and stuff like that to, to get it out of me. And I, I like to be able to talk to people on there about that too. Like the ways that I keep inspiration going. I think that's one of the great things that Dahlia really, Dahlia Raz really pushes, you know, like her book, shit art is better yeah. than no art, you know, just putting stuff, sometimes just the act of putting something out there, even if it's like trash, like, okay, it's trash. Yeah. So what? It's, <laughs> it's like flexing the muscle of not caring at all that anyone yeah. thinks of you or like flexing the muscle of not caring if it's like your pinnacle peak work or mm -hmm. anything like that. And like, you know, Dolly and I are, are close friends and like we're such opposite opposites in that way, which is yes, so you funny really are, which, by the way, that's very funny to me. Just so we've you know. talked about it before. Well, here you talk about it because I'm curious because, you know, both of us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I think it's hysterical. I don't even understand how y'all are so tight because <laughs> you are literal opposite people. Like well, that's why. Yeah, yeah. I, it, and, it almost makes sense. Like the yin and yang relationship. Well, no, because like I, I don't like putting something out un until it is like perfect. And I think about every little detail. And like even if even if on Instagram I'm posting a reel or something, if you follow our reels, like I think about a concept and a story for every stupid reel that I do. And I and I just care about it. And I like that. And that's part of the artwork for me in a way. You don't shoot your reels in the editor because you want to have the perfect yeah. footage to cobble together later as clips. To, it needs to hit the beats. There needs to be a message. There right. needs to be like a cheeky like thing to it. And it, and like just because that's what I like to create. And it's so funny because like Dahlia notices that about my stuff. And she's like, uh -huh. how do you have the time to even like think about any of this? Because she her whole thing is just like create every day. Like, don't worry about it. And just like, like genuinely, I've had the conversation with her and she's like, it just doesn't even blip. Like, I just post whatever. You just and have to sometimes like because otherwise you just won't ever do it, you know, from the fear. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because you're what's your Instagram? Like you have an, your Instagram bio. I remember noticing and I was going to ask uh -huh. you about when you came on the podcast. <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. Ties it all go. together. Let me just go look it up. Give Van Gogh finished a painting nearly every other day. I'm trying to beat that. DM yeah, for commissions. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> I, you know, I, yes, I like, okay. So one of my paintings that I did recently, you might've seen it is the, the marble statues with like the yellow and stuff that border. So I did not like that piece. I still do not like that piece. It is not the um, image that I was trying to get across. It was the best that I could do with the skills that I have at the moment. Um, but I have friends that come up to me. One of my friends, Katie, she's like, you know, I just think you're the best artist ever. I love your work. And my favorite piece you've ever done is the marble statue one. And I think that's so funny because like people like different things and the ones that I don't like, there's still people that just have to see it. Mm -hmm. You know, her comment, her comment on it is great. It's Brittany. I'm speechless. This is amazing. <laughs> and I can imagine you just getting that comment going, Oh no, it's not really. No, really, really it's not. Yeah. I actually, I'm not going to lie. I think it's freaking fantastic. Thanks. I really do. I think I, it, I, and I can't wait to see a couple of years. Like I like the way you just said, this is what I'm capable of with the skills I have today, because you know, this, this, this is that whole thing that we always talk about where I can't do that yet. Yeah. Right. And oh, yeah. yet is a very important word. And I can't wait to see like seven years late from now, you know, you and Katie are going to be sitting in the living room having a beer and you're just going to go and she's going to go, 
you know, it's been seven years since you made the greatest painting you've ever made. And you're going to go, you know what? I never want to hear that again. I'm doing it over. And I want to see what it looks and I like. Will. <laughs> and I will. Because, yeah, when I pictured it, it's like huge. It's like a massive mural on a wall. And it's, yeah, you guys will see it eventually. Okay. It, it's cool. It's a cool painting. I mean, it really what? is. It's very different from what you do typically also, by the way. But maybe that's why you feel weird about it. Probably, because it's bro. like out of the conversation. But what is your, what, in your opinion, if you were to judge your own artwork as Ooh. you, what is your best work? Oh, Ooh. my gosh. Okay, so there is a piece that is, okay, I have two. I would say, personally, my favorite is, is um, there's a girl that's yellow. And the background is really dark. It's mm -hmm. a portrait. It's what it's maybe the first portrait I ever did. And I found this girl on Reddit and she, it, she just, I don't know. She just spoke to me and I did that one. And the pictures that I put on Instagram don't do it justice. It's not always and the it's case. so frustrating because it's so <laughs> like the colors in, in person. I, I, it's in my living room and I don't think that I can part with it because I look at it and I'm like, how did I do that? I don't mm. remember. I remember while I was working on it and just being like, it was one of those moments where I just felt really confident and sure in my abilities. Um, so I really, really love that one. It makes me think of like a weird abstract version of like Rembrandt kind of, but my other favorite is the biggest commission I've ever done. And it's really what started me on this career path of realizing this is something I could do as a full-time artist was a four foot by six foot piece that I did. And the guy who bought it from me, his name is John, wonderful person. He said, I want you to make the biggest piece that you possibly can for me. And I want you to do whatever you want. Ooh. And Ooh, that's I, the, that's the, that's the dream client right there. Oh yeah, my really. God. <laughs> so it took me like several months of meditating and trying to figure out what I was going to do and reworking it on my iPad and trying to figure out, you know, how it was going to work out. I even did a small version of it, um, on a small canvas and ended up changing it completely, but it was based on the Odyssey, which, um, I've always loved. And it's the two women that are like they represent the sirens and then I changed the cyclops into the hand with one eyeball in the palm and Poseidon and I, that was just something it took me like six months probably and I just it was just layers and layers of paint and reworking different areas and it just it was a challenge and I it, that's sometimes daunting it's always daunting for me but um to be like, I don't know if I can do this, but then really pulling it off. Yeah. You loved it. So the two, the two paintings that I have, I have prints of two of yours. Mm -hmm. Okay. One is the Holy pinball machine. Yes. Yeah. That's I just, I just thought that was really cool. I like the really big floating red ball in the middle of it. And like, I just like the colors and it, whatever. I love that painting. I didn't, grasp a deeper meaning to it i just liked the way it looked i thought yeah, it looked yeah. really really cool okay but my favorite of yours mm -hmm. and it's the other print of yours that i own is cabin fever oh yeah do you know I, what that is it, well so i mean it's clearly kind of i i see shining references all over it yeah so it's just the way you captured and guys if you haven't seen this one it's it's sick how well she captured jack nicholson 
in this little slit in the middle of the paint and you just see his eyes and you know exactly what it's from as soon as you see the eyes like you don't have to see the rest of his face you recognize it it's a really really cool painting and that's def i almost want to put that on my wall facing my door so that when you walk in my apartment the first thing you see <laughs> is jack nicholson's eyes looking at you like i want it at eye level i want you to stare into the abyss when you see it but sorry i love that one it's because I, I was stuck inside for too long and i was like it made me feel like jack nicholson's character you know <laughs> i just the overlook <laughs> yeah what are um you talk a lot about movies. Like, what are some of your favorite movies? And you mentioned James and the oh, Giant Peach. That's definitely one of my favorites. Okay. Um, so I I would say that Beetlejuice. Obviously, these are ingrained from childhood. I just mm-hmm. they're just Beetlejuice is session of my amazing. Yeah, yeah it's an I mean, amazing the movie. freaking sandworms, dude. They, I mean, that was just spectacular. I love it. I love the style. So I like claymations and like creepy stuff, kind of mm-hmm. like that. That's just kind of unnerving. But I would say recently it's been the French Dispatch. I know it just came out. Um, it's a Wes it. Anderson it's movie. And it's it's in like short stories kind of. Um, and the first story is about a painter. And um, I cried. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, but it's like you like, tell like me. I measure movies on being good if I cry or not because I don't cry. Yeah, so if no, I makes me cry. I'm like, it was good. Yes, <laughs> it's <laughs> like I think Adrian Brody just as an actor. I like him in pretty much anything, and he's in the French Dispatch, and he's there's one scene where he's talking to the painter and he's like i want to buy this piece from you and they're both in prison um but adrian brody's there for like tax evasion or something i can't remember and the other guy's there for murder (laughs) the painter's there for murder and adrian brody's like i want to buy this he says it's not for sale and he said how much and they just keep going back and forth it's just really funny but i like um you know like uh the royal tenenbaums was really really big for me just because of the the colors that Wes Anderson used in that too um I this is a really messed up one but Clockwork Orange I I've never seen it you well, you've never seen it, no. it. which you is kind of gotta which is like surprising you have to me, but Okay, anyway. Keep, well, I, used, I lied for years, okay? Because people would be like, yeah, you know, Clockwork Orange, I'd say, yeah, I've seen it. I stopped doing that, you know, a couple years ago. I'd, <laughs> I'd be like, no, I haven't seen it. I'm going to watch it. So finally, one day, I was like, I've lied about watching Clockwork Orange for years and years. I'm home alone on my day off. I'm going to watch it. And I mean, like his mom, like the main character's mom in it, he has her wearing these crazy colored wigs and she's dressed insane. And just like the draw, like there's art and art and art. It just keeps, it's like inception with art in the movie, (laughs) every single part of it. Like Mm -hmm. Kubrick is just so specific with every color he uses and he puts all these like hidden messages and things. So film is just really really big for me i was just gonna say like because i know you know i was thinking this as you're talking and i can see it starting like you're opening up about like you're really deep passionate yeah and it's kind of cool like i always i love when you know when you find out what like okay so you're you're a painter right Mm -hmm. and it's like okay what are your what's your other things right and i always like finding out what the other things are because Mm -hmm. that's usually how you tie it back to 
their mm-hmm. painting. Like what inspires them to paint? Like, oh, I noticed, you know, you're talking about the colors that are used in a movie mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. And it's like, ah, oh, it okay. all feels very campy. Yeah, I love you. it. Yeah. It's like um th- like creep show. I kind of like creepier oh, stuff. Dude, yeah, creep, show. creep shows, the creep like shows are the thing. best. Yes. That was hugely influential to me when I was younger. I liked that uh Stephen King also acted in a couple of them too. But just the the lighting is really bright, like colorful, you know, but there's just that like darker kind of like background meaning. I think that that really kind of describes me as an artist. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's actually interesting because you were talking about like your art show that's coming up where like you think like birthday hats and all of these kind of so colorful token, mm -hmm. colorful, happy things that are not masking, but kind of a reflection of something really dark. Absolutely. I've always been in just just a position position you know what yeah, I mean like, exa- thank you that's the word just that, the like position that's the position where it's just you have just the crazy like imbalance of ideas all at once mashed together I've always liked extremes and like okay one of my favorite musicians of all time is um teller the creator I think he does a I mean he is just a he is one of the most artistic people alive today i'd say because he not only incorporates music but like his music videos are insane and the way he dresses and his like performances his music videos will be really brightly colored but they have crazy like darker meanings sometimes and it's just it's jarring and i like things that are jarring shock value i think that's value i think that's one of the reasons it's it's funny you say things I think that's one of the reasons I like the creep show movies so much because they aren't outwardly scary. No, they're just really uncomfortable. Yes. Like super. The one with um, Leslie Nielsen and is it Ted? Is it Ted Danson? Yeah. With the, with the, with the one where at the end they end up with Leslie Nielsen uh, with Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen's wife are buried as the tide is coming in. Oh my God. That's just like in my brain at all times. It's it's the most, like I was young when I watched that and it really screwed with my head. Like I was thinking about what a, what a horrible way to die. That would be. I think about it all the time. I, that one. And the other one where the kids go, go out, try to go out to the raft and and there's that sludge. And then every one of them dies except for the one who gets out to the beach and he's cocky and he's laying on the beach. He's like, I beat you, you son of a bitch. I beat you. And all of a sudden it just rises up out of the water. It just envelops it. And I'm like, these movies, I love the creep show movies. Like I, I deeply love those movies because for exactly the same reason you said you like stuff that's like unsettling. Those movies are not scary. They are really unsettling. Like it's like, Ooh, like it's the psychological part. Yeah. 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 Because they show like the evilness in people is typically what it's like. There are monsters, but like the ride lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like the, you know, where the lady goes and she, she's a, she's an alcoholic and she goes to see her father. Um, you know, for like Father's Day, it is, and he rises from the dead. Or, and it's it's it. The scarier part is the you know like the alcoholism that kind of like leads up to it, and like the the painful like memories she has from her like relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Different things like that are yeah, or like when Stephen King and the one that he shows in where he touches the meteor. Yes, 
it's yeah, it yeah. shows humor because he's like not the brightest you know he's probably got like a third grade education in that and he's talking you know it's showing his thoughts where he's gonna go and show this university i found this giant meteor and then ends up you know we know how it ends those those move what made that movie well those movies because they're all if you've not seen the creep show movies they're usually three or four short shorter films in one package they are so i didn't look at it that way now that you now that i'm thinking about the way you said it like you know the way it shows off the human condition and the mm-hmm. the dark side of humanity now that i'm thinking about it, i'm like jesus every one of them like it's the I, psychological part i yeah. always looked at it as the you know the the failing like there's this one there's always a failing of it right so the one i mentioned the first one i mentioned it's like oh you cheated on your you cheated with on your husband the other one is like oh you got cocky you know the other one the thanks for the ride lady is like oh you hit someone and you did a hit and run you didn't care Mm -hmm. you know like those are just like i just thought they were like oh people are getting their comeuppance but it's more than that i like the way you said it's like it explores kind of this the darkness of humanity i really like looking at it that way now i want to go rewatch them and go yeah now i really want to appreciate this because i feel like that's another perspective well i have some good news for you if you didn't know they have new ones no way and they're on shutter all right might, might there's have a, to get streaming a service. it's um so a, some of them are not very good um, but most of them are very true to the 80s style. Um, they use the same exact acting. It's very corny. They have the crazy lighting. It's, yeah, please. The, uh, the, the comic book, the comic book interstitials. Yes. 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 I'm telling you, these yeah. movies, these movies are a complete vibe. Uh, Brooke, have you seen them at all? No, or? I haven't. Oh my God, Brooke, they're so good. Like, I'm telling you. I will wait a minute. <laughs> I told you to watch Cyrano and you wouldn't. I know, but that's like <laughs> Cyrano. Like we're talking creep show. Like you're, you're outnumbered here. <laughs> but like, like creep show is not my typical genre. It's no one's typical genre. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Like I feel like no matter what your so, genre is, you'll find something. We can, in your we movie. can, we can work out a deal here and, okay. and, and get back to the listeners on it. I'll watch Cyrano. I'm down. If you you're not going to like Cyrano. Probably no, not. You but might like it. You watch the first. You three? won't find it funny. I found it really three. funny. Yeah, I think so maybe three. You won't. first three creep shows. I'll even okay. say maybe I'll tell you which. I'll look up yeah. which vignettes yeah. are in which ones, and I'll tell you which creep shows to watch. Okay, make sure you get the best experience, and then you can watch them all back to back. Because I'm telling you, God, Brittany, you got me like thinking about these movies. I, I haven't thought about these movies in so long. See, and now this I'm is like, why this them. is why film is so important to me because it's it it just makes a huge impact. It it combines all art forms you know yeah um so it's yeah when it's done right it's very 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 good you know what else combines a lot of things what is that our thing of the week because <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not i can't believe i i i say this every week and i mean it every week i cannot believe we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes it's like, not long yeah. enough <laughs> it's crazy oh, no. <laughs> If we were unrestrained, this show would be two and a half hours long every mm-hmm. week. Like it's there's a certain amount of we have to cut it short so that we have a reason to bring people back. So but before we talk about saying goodbye, let's talk about our things of the week. And as is custom, we typically let our guest go first. So yes, we do. Brittany, tell us about your thing of the week. Yeah. So um, speaking about film, this is a really great um 
transition. So since I've liked movies, since I was little and all these things, I have always, you know, thought that it was interesting that I would kind of adopt the personalities of characters sometimes for like a day or two afterwards. And I've, <laughs> I've known other people that have done the same thing. Um, and so I Googled it and it's, it is a thing. It's called accommodation theory. And it says that your brain encodes movies and like experience of characters. Cause your brain can't, your subconscious believes that it's real, basically that these mm -hmm. characters are real people. So, um, yeah, it says people are prone to subconsciously adopt their behavior, thoughts, beliefs, internal responses to fictional characters as if they were their own. Um, and I've seen different people talk about it um, on Reddit and different websites. And a lot of people think that it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, you look yeah. like you want to say something. No, I, 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 no, I, I didn't want to cut you off because no, I have, I have thoughts about this. I wonder, I think that's, well... I don't know about being a coping mechanism. I mean, I'm sure like if Reddit says, I'm sure something for some <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that sometimes it's easier to cope with complex things. Um, if you can see it in something else and kind of, it's like a, it's like a way to like diffuse it a little bit where it's yeah. like, where you see a similarity between you and a character or something like that. And so if you sort of assume problems as them a little bit, it's like a yeah. little bit diffused. I could see that making sense. As yeah. a not psychology professional. Yeah, I think like it and it also makes you feel more comfort comfortable in the things like that you do yourself, you know. Like for me, like there was this um in the Royal Tenenbaums, Gwyneth Paltrow chain smoked cigarettes in the bathroom and she's a closet smoker, and her husband's Bill Murray, and he's always on the other side and he doesn't know that she smokes. And I <laughs> did that kind of thing for a long time, and my husband just kept being like, I know yeah. you're smoking. Like I'm not stupid. Yeah, I'm, but I was I'm like, just I'm just giving like, you rooting your face. <laughs> I'm just a brooding artist, okay? Yeah. And yeah, so like I've been watching anime and uh one character, this is what kind of like re-sparked my interest in this and made me Google it, mm. is uh Tanjiro in Demon Slayer, and he's just a very like confident person. He fails and he just keeps trying to grow from that. And I felt like I was harnessing my inner Tanjiro for a couple of weeks where I was, and I didn't even really realize <laughs> that I was like saying or doing things that his character would do, but it was a, it just kind of like helped boost my own confidence, kind of like playing that character in my well, own life. That's yeah. That's kind of cool. Cause you can also sometimes see things a little bit more objectively when someone else is behaving in a way that you aspire to, where you say, wow, that person or that character, like I really like that. So it becomes a compass. Yes, way, yes, for yourself. So like, maybe that's what I was trying to say with the coping mechanism thing. It makes sense to me. It's like when you, when you aspire to be yeah, like something like, I don't know. So one of like my biggest pieces of whenever people ask me for advice, I don't know, but like one of my biggest things that I do tell my daughter and stuff is like, you know, surround yourself with people that you aspire to be like, don't just surround yourself with people that you like, obviously you should have fun with your friends and things like that and yada, yada, yada. But if you, who you hang out with and things like that, um, influences how you grow. And so you should have friends that you are inspired by, not just that you like them and things like that, but find people that genuinely you're like, wow, like I wish I was more like you in certain ways and, and, and find people that see that same thing in you too. 
Because that's exactly. I think, it's, I think it's like a version of that. That's exactly. That's exactly how I was going to like in this kind of because that's kind of how I was going to end this because <laughs> you. I think that what you surround yourself with, like how I have to watch things for inspiration and things like that, what you're putting into your brain is ultimately what is, you know, helping you do certain things throughout the day. Mm -hmm. What you surround yourself with, the people you surround yourself with, our brains are very moldable. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to put things in there that are positive or interesting, whatever you want for yourself, how yeah. you want yourself to be, you want to be present with those things, that direction, those goals that you want. For sure, for sure. Who, <laughs> I never mind. I was gonna say, should we all go around and say what character we wanted to be in a movie so bad, or is that dorky? No, that's cute. I like that. I don't because I know exactly who as a kid. I wanted to, to be really Dottie Hinson in A League of Their Own so bad. Like, <gasps> wait, I wanted to be Dottie. Wait, Hinton. wait, wait. Which one is she? Because she's this tall, Gina Davis. Okay. Yeah, Dottie she Hinton. The... She's like the like the perfect one that everyone's like, oh, she's so good at everything, and and like, wow, this makes me sound like such an ass. But like, I like, I really, really like saw. I just, I just always identified with that character a yeah. lot. But she just missed her husband. Shoot. <laughs> she was like, I just want to be like, I want to go home. And he was at war and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Somebody told me the other day yeah. that I reminded them of, I don't know her name, but the short one with the dark hair that's always like really sassy. Oh, Madonna? Yeah, they told me yes. that I made them think of Madonna. Yeah, well, I am actually really all, all the way May. All the way May. Yeah. She wants to flash the people that are coming to the baseball games to sell more seats. Yeah, she's a, she's a businesswoman. It's really, me. she's a goer. It's me. <laughs> it really is. And Dottie and Dottie did splits and caught the ball behind her back to get on the cover of Time Magazine and didn't even smile while she did it. She just That's made so it happen. Cool. I wanted so to be. Cool. I wanted to be Dottie Henson. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nice. I I had to think about it for like a few. Like I didn't have to think about it long, but I did have to think about it. And the one thing kept one name kept coming up. I want to be Ray Stance from Ghostbusters, okay. um, Dan Aykroyd's character. And the reason <laughs> I want to be him is because he's not the smartest. That's Egon. And he's not the like most, uh, you know, the most out there, like kind of jerky kind of like Peter. You know, he's just kind of like the middle ground. He's smart enough to be the smartest guy in a lot of rooms, but he's not the smartest guy in that room. Mm -hmm. He's socially awkward enough to be the socially awkwardest guy in the room, but he's not the most. So he's like a nice middle of the road guy who's just really smart and just trying to make a good living for himself. And damn it. I relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know who my like present day one would be, but. I love, this is this is an interesting topic for this sure. is gonna be really really hard for me i'm gonna have to choose between two yeah. um which is so this is to fully circle back because this is really funny to me it, the first one i think that really made an impression on me was lydia deets <laughs> i knew it <laughs> yeah because whenever i was little i was just always thought she was so cool but she was also like really friendly like she wanted to help people but you know what i mean like in a weird way she wanted to help the ghosts you know mm -hmm. and like her free like spirit at the end i always just i don't know i really really liked her that that movie is just a brilliant masterpiece like it, it's it's a perfect movie there are very few perfect movies beetlejuice is a perfect movie yeah. i think it's a perfect perfect movie there's nothing that could make that movie better yeah um, 
the other one, I think the movie is called Midnight in Paris, where they show um, famous artists like represented by different actors. This guy accidentally like he takes a trip to Paris and he accidentally goes back in time and he keeps trying to like go back to those places. And there's a couple characters in that. But Adrian Brody is as Dolly, just the um he's just saying whatever is on his mind. Like they're all talking about something like serious. And he goes rhinoceros. Cause that's what he thinks of. And that's why I did my rhinoceros dolly painting. Um, actually. So I just like the, just the authentic, like I'm going to be weird and I'm going to say my weird thoughts out loud. Cause I don't really care, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. That's um, did you, I know you're, I know you, and I don't know if I've asked you this. I know you're a fan of Van Gogh. Did you ever see, do, are you a Doctor Who fan at all? No, um, I I haven't, I've only seen like parts. Like I saw the the Angels Okay, yeah, Angels episode, in New York is an amazing episode. But it's you been have a long to see, time. There is an episode where Van Gogh is the main character in the episode. Oh, wow. And, if, and, and not, I know how much you love Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. If you don't cry at the end, then I don't know you that well. And I'm oh, pretty I'll definitely sure cry. You will cry. I cried. Like I, I bawled like a little girl and I did it with joy <laughs> because it was just such an emotional, that, mm. that episode was one of the best episodes of Dr. Who that ever, ever, ever was ever written. And it's, it's usually when I, I know a lot of people that are Van Gogh fans and I'll ask them like, are you a Dr. Who fan? They'll be like, nah, I'm like, you want to be a Dr. Who fan? Cause I'll get you turned on. <laughs> I get you turned on to Doctor Who in a hurry. Watch this one; it's a it's genius. If you're interested, I will find the episode. I'll tell yes, you which please. one to watch. Yes, it's, please. Oh my god! Do you you understand? I mean, if you understand the concept of Doctor Who, you don't need a whole lot of backstory for the episode to make sense. But oh my god! It it oh my god! I can't oh wait! God. I'm so excited! I'll watch it tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, emotionally, emotionally, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. But as an artist, you're really going to appreciate it. So there you go. I could make, I actually could make that my thing of the week. That's how good it is, but I have another one. But it's not my turn yet. It's my <laughs> lovely co host's turn. It's my turn. Okay. So, my thing of the week, because we're talking about art, mm-hmm. um, is an artist on Instagram that does not need a shout out. They have plenty of followers, and it's not even a super active page, but I remain a follower just because I really am inspired by their work. Um, and the handle, I'm going to totally butcher the actual pronunciation of his name but it's david underscore art which shows you how long they've been on instagram holy crap (laughs) (laughs) that's their handle they're og Um, as hell (laughs) yeah yeah for sure but um it's it's a series david ambar zoom john again i'm gonna butcher the name um but i've always been incredibly inspired by the brushstrokes and time painting paintings it's like a series he did whoa yeah these are amazing holy probably um i have aren't they so good they like it's the type of painting that i could just sit and stare at and it makes me like contemplate life and it hits me like a ton of bricks where i'm like dang wow yeah follow (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. he um he does he auctions off he has a separate page for auctions so he'll auction off little minis um that are originals and then he does he releases prints um annually doesn't necessarily announce when they're coming and he doesn't necessarily announce which paintings he's releasing as prints but i have his stags in the middle of the city because i got that, that as like painting a, i got that as a christmas gift to myself i love that one in the hawk flying i've been staring at the stags in the city one 
literally since you sent me I'm blown away by it because it's like a weird combination of like life after it's people, which sad, is an amazing, but show. it's like happy and it's peaceful. It's weird. Wow. Like I said, when I say it, when I say all my artwork that I own is dark, that's what I mean. I have this one uh, like it's sitting and waiting to be framed and hung somewhere. Um, this is exceptional. This is so, a really great thing of the week. There's my thing of the week. I love the Hawk. There's it's called breathe. His piece called breathe. It's like a Hawk over, over a cityscape and the Hawk's oh, wow. flying. And then the brushstroke it's, it's trees. I don't know. This, this is, is so cool. That's this like is... peak Brooke favorite artist there. I'm dumbfounded. This is, I'm usually not speechless after a thing of the week, but I am speechless after this. This is incredible. David. Nice. Watching the video of him, um, the, his most recent one where he just takes the white and smears it. I love, wow. I love the, like the, just like finishing a beautiful painting and then just like <sighs> throwing something I know, over. I love, I love that process love of it, it too. The testicular fortitude to yes. smear one yeah. solid color over <laughs> yeah. an incredible painting exactly. is not to be understated. No, <laughs> an no. already incredible painting for, for the listeners, um, an already incredible painting. He goes and then puts like a, like a, like a heavy body paint, I'm assuming is what it is. And he does a huge swipe down the middle and then does a time lapse within the brush stroke it's of the scene. Blowing. So yeah, that's, so again, the, the paintings themselves are beautifully done, but then the concept behind them just destroys my soul. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about I, I mean my soul seems to be intact. However, this 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 is just this is some next level stuff. This is like this is the stuff that would inspire me to learn how to paint so I can but the problem is I'd learn how to paint so that I could imitate this. And I don't need to imitate this. This is out there. Let me look at the best. Like, it's like, <laughs> this is so incredible. Maybe one day I'll win one of his auctions. You know oh what I want to do though? I want to do this with photography now. Go for it. I've like, seen I'm, it done with photography. Not it, but like similar concept, but you, you go. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a do me. Um, this <laughs> is really good. I will have the link to this in the show notes because this is some, damn. Like we're all just sitting here looking at it right yes, now. Like the show's yeah. going to grind to a halt because we're all looking at Instagram. So I'll blab for a few minutes while y'all look at some pictures. Okay. But so over the weekend, over the weekend, I had to make 45 table number stands, um, slot and tab out of acrylic. Um, in fact, if you follow my Instagram, you saw the reel today that they are in fact all together acrylic cemented sitting on my desk at the day job, waiting for vinyl numbers to get applied to them so that I can call that part of the project for this wedding done. Anyway, um, one of the things I learned this weekend, and I did not know, I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know it was this much of a thing, is that cast acrylic kind of sucks. And the reason it kind of sucks is there is a very wide variation in thickness with cast acrylic. So, for example, if you buy quarter inch, but we don't really call it quarter inch, um, we call it six millimeter, uh, mostly. Most people call it just six millimeter. So if you buy six millimeter cast acrylic for your laser well you may get 5.2 you may get 5.9 you may get 6.1 you may get 6.3 you may get 5.5 you don't know what you're going to get it's luck of the draw and why is that a problem well generally for most people it's not a problem right for the most part your overpowered laser can cut through acrylic at pretty much any thickness your you can engrave acrylic acrylic you're not really trying to get to a specific depth you're just trying to etch a piece of plastic with an up piece of art. But here's the problem. When you're trying to make something that's tab and slot, the thickness of that acrylic is not only important, it's crucial to the yeah. tab and slot actually Completely working. Completely changes the, changes the design. Yeah. So 
I learned this weekend that there is a very wide, like I knew there was a variation, right? But I didn't know that the variation could be like a, a 20th of an inch, like a, a, a 20 hundredths of an inch, I should say. Like, I didn't know it could be that bad. Anyway, lesson learned. So what do I do? So I, I was looking up how to compensate for this because clearly I'm not the first person to do large volumes of tab and slot. And even though I love my acrylic supplier, who I mentioned last week as my thing of the week, um, they do their best to give you out of the same batch, but I actually had variation in the same piece of acrylic, which is like aggravating as hell because you measure it and it's still off when you're done. It's also just not forgiving. It's not. Everyone says they love working with it. I do. I I hate working with it because it's not forgiving. Like wood, you can like me. I'd rather do this kind of stuff with wood going forward. But anyway. I got it. I got it. It all works. And the reason I got it is because there is a website and I will put the link in the show notes. She did a very good YouTube video and an instruction post on her blog about how to do tab and slot signage. She was doing one piece, which is fine, you know, but she was doing um, for like a fair or something. She was doing a social media sign for her booth. I was like, okay, that's a really cool use for it. But she made a tool and the tool is my thing of the week. In that post is a tool. And what you do is you take this tool and you print, you cut it. I keep saying print like I'm a Glowforge user. You cut it on the acrylic that you want to work with. It cuts two pieces. It cuts one. It's uh, like a, almost like a ruler with a bunch of square cutouts that are different sizes and then a number next to them. And then you cut out this little peg. And what you do is you take that little peg and you put it in the holes until it's tight. When it's tight, Look to the number on the right. That's the thickness of the material. Now you know the number to design your tab and slots to. Now, this sounds like a great idea if you're doing one piece. And it worked really, really well for me for the most part. It got me in the ballpark enough where I can make it work. Unfortunately, that meant every sheet of acrylic that I did, I had to cut this tool out, measure the measure the thickness of the material, and then redesign the tab and slot signs every single time. Now... That doesn't sound so bad if it's like one or two different thicknesses. No. Across the 10 sheets that I cut, I had six different thicknesses. And it was just a complete nightmare. It took me seven hours to cut 45 signs. Which I would have rage quit. Like I I wish if it was a project for me, I absolutely would have. Unfortunately, it's for a paying wedding. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. This is the one thing, you know, Brooke always says, you know, commission work is not her favorite thing to do. Um, that's me being very charitable with things she said about doing commission work. I will say <laughs> that I will say that this is not this is not where I envision my life no, being. I like it's just not like I, me, I I want to do one offs and sell those. I don't want to do tab and slot signs in production volumes no. anymore. For commission work, be choosy. Listeners. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, well, if I'm going to be working <laughs> with a wedding planner, I don't have that wiggle room anymore. Well, but I think what I will do, I think what I am going to do is I'm going to order larger pieces of acrylic. And hopefully I do enough commission work where I can actually get a big honkin' Laguna 150 watt laser like yours. And if I have that, I can, at least I know the variation will down be less. Down to the Glowforges. <laughs> this will be the yeah, I mean, down. look, the Glowforge totally is great, but if I'm doing like large it's volume not, production, yeah, I can't not a do, pro- yeah, 12 
You go there. <laughs> no, no. 12 by 19. 12 by 19 no. is great. No. Like if I'm making stuff for me, but 12 by 19 to make table stands, you, that's five on a sheet. You're that not I use going to be able to, you're not going to be able to cook for a dinner party on an easy bake oven, boys and girls. Wow. There's my metaphor. Damn. Damn, it's not going to happen. She just yeah. slammed all your training wheels lasers. It's not even. It's well. I mean, it's a training wheels laser, though. Let's call it what it is. Like it's fine. It is, <laughs> it is. and it's very good and, at what it does. But it's, it's not good at what I'm doing with it. Exactly. I'm, I'm starting. Ding, okay. ding, ding, ding. I actually, I might say something. I'm going to say something on this podcast for the first time ever. Do it. I have outgrown my Glowforge. Everyone does. I think, but I think it's fine because it was a good investment and I've gotten yeah. way, I've way more than paid for it since I got it. Yeah. So, but I really like, if I had bought something like what you have right off the bat, it would have been a nightmare. I and think I a lot of people, I think, I think as much as I like hate on it, I think for a lot of people, it is that thing that makes them comfortable trying it at all. So uh -huh. fine. It got me, it proved to me that my favorite digital fabrication is lasers. Yeah. Which is cool. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I love my Glowforge. I'm not, I, I just feel like I think I've I think this weekend kind of said, dude, when you start, you know, you may have to look into financing something and getting something yeah. a lot bigger and a lot more powerful and make room and make it work. And that's what I think I'm going to have to do. Rearrange my shop around a laser, have have basic woodworking tools because I don't do a whole lot of woodworking anymore. Um, yeah. So there you go. There's my my therapy session. <laughs> and my outgrowing but you know what the one thing i we will never outgrow is brooke what's that the people that give us money week after week to put out this show and those people include dave from atomic airship works ed from ed's clocks and more chris from full steam designs jeff stein aka a weird guy joey of jh custom woodcraft dean duplantis of making our way tony langer from langer works jake of make with jake big al schultz from new york woodworks justin olfler of bear Maked, greg from platte valley woodworks andrew richard of andrew richard makes kellen hazlip of kellen makes david from southern style diy jeff the weekend diyer henry davis of ht1 metalworks austin saunders the high caliber craftsman and matthew the wooden mustache thank you so much for supporting this show financially but if you can't support the show financially we totally understand times are hard inflation's high everything's difficult but what you can do that's free you can leave a review you can share the show you can turn someone new onto it so we can get quality guests like the wonderful Brittany condor because Brittany oh. doesn't just do any podcast folks she has denied every podcast <laughs> that's ever asked her until us except for us except for us she's never said Brittany has, she even said beforehand, she has never said yes to a podcast until us. So there you go. All right. Granted, she said this is her first podcast, but yes. basically means she's never said yes to another podcast. So I am truthful. I may not be, I may not be, I may be accurate and truthful, but I'm not being honest. Okay. Fine. <laughs> but we, um, we really do appreciate anything you can do to get the show out there and get some more ears on the show and. Hopefully you're enjoying it. If you haven't left a review, you know, you can leave more than one review. We've gotten follow-up reviews. And, you know, if you feel like leaving another one, that's good. Because when there's a Brooke and Vincent episode, we do read reviews. Or when it's a Dave Swiduck episode, we read reviews. Because David is like just uh, having a Brooke and Vincent episode with uh, one extra person. So it's all good. <laughs> I think that's going to do it. Brittany, 
We've had so much fun talking to you. Thank and you. by the way, it's hour and 45 minutes in. I, I know. This is going to be one of the longer running shows that we've done, which I am that's okay. totally okay with. We're more team yeah. like talk till the conversation naturally. And that's exactly. So, you know, a little, yeah. a little behind the scenes stuff. So before we started recording, I said to Brittany, I said, hey, you know, what we really love is when, you know, and this is your first podcast. So just when you, if you have an aunt, don't feel like you have to cut yourself or self edit, just talk. And we'd love it if you would just talk and we could just shut up for an hour and a half. And it ended up being one of the more interesting conversations that we've had on this podcast. Oh, wonderful. Absolute pleasure talking to you. I, I, I love chatting with you on Instagram anyway, yeah. but it's really, really cool chatting with you here and getting to know you a little better and seeing how your mind works. And your mind is a very, very interesting place. I Thank you. you. <laughs> well, I had so much fun and I hope that I get invited back sometime. That's a given. Awesome. We love having you back. I have... I have one um, shout out that I want to do. Of course. I've been um, doing album art for one of my really good friends. Oh, cool. Their, their band is called Producing a Kind Generation. Okay. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Music, that kind of thing. I just did the album art for their cover called Witch. And I'll be that doing. Oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'll be doing another one for their EP that's coming out soon. So. Very cool. Wanted people to follow that because that's one of the more exciting commissions that I'm doing. Because speaking of being, you know, selective, this is one that I am very, very excited about. So very, very cool. I love that one. That was yeah, the Ruby Slipper. Okay, yep, I do remember that one. You know, it's really funny. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I scroll through my feed and I see your stuff, and it's like I just look at it and I just take it in, and I, I don't. I need to start clicking your captions more because every once in a while, like I didn't know this was album art, and now mm -hmm. I just loaded it up real quick, and it's like. Oh yeah, they wanted you to create the album art. So we'll have them, uh, we'll definitely have their Instagram and their whatever links we can find for them. I'll put them in the show notes so you can find. Yeah, them. they're awesome. Cool. That is that is awesome. Yeah, we love we love a good shout out on this show. So <laughs> well, thanks. Um, yeah, it's been it's been absolutely awesome talking to you. And I I I feel bad that I wasn't able to show you your stuff on the wall yet, but I I mean I've just moved in here and I just haven't had a chance to make that's okay. It, yeah, I don't want to put it on the wall without putting it in a proper frame. And I figured I should make the frames for these. So well, awesome. Yeah, send me your uh, address again, and I'll send you some stickers. Oh, I love stickers. I am, yeah. I, I am a sticker junkie. Um, yeah. And in fact, good thing, you know, it's funny you mentioned that serendipitous because I got finally, if you have one of my old stickers, if everyone has one of my old stickers, let me know if you want to get one of my new ones. Just shoot me a message through the Because We Make website or just Vincent at BecauseWeMake.com and I will make sure you get one of my new logo stickers for the logo that I've been using for the last year and a half. I finally got stickers for it right before I went to Jimmy's. So yeah, I think that's going to do it. Brittany, you can yeah. find Brittany. All her links are going to be in the show notes, um, her Instagram and her store. And I highly, highly recommend you check out her art if you haven't already. Um, really, really talented and really interesting stuff. And also a really cool person, which is kind of nice. Thanks. Well, it was um, really, really awesome getting to talk to you guys. You guys are wonderful and uh, really interesting people. So Ooh, I had a lot of fun. Yes, I'm interested. I've always tried to be interesting. Yes. You don't good. have to try. You just Aww. are. Aw. Can we keep her? Brooke, I think we got to keep her. Because I'm a me. vacuous hole of affirmations, if yes. you remember from last I week. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to catching you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.